0: Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about what went wrong for the Oklahoma Sooners on both sides of the football and where do they go from here. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. <laughs> Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to a very disappointing Monday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Not that the show will be disappointing, but we're still disappointed from the Oklahoma Sooners' 27-14 to loss to the Baylor Bears. Oklahoma went on the road to Waco and came up empty, now falling to 9-1 and on the season. And it was a gut-check performance uh, for the Sooners, who had yet to have a, a what most people would consider a quality opponent on the schedule in the wind column. And they were unable to really do much of anything against a bears team that brought one of their best games of the season and brought a physical level of play that Oklahoma just wasn't ready for. And I think that is the story of this game. Offensively, Oklahoma really couldn't do much it. And it was evident that from the opening whistle that the Baylor bears were the more physical team and were ready to play this game, the more intense team as well. And you saw it not just with Baylor's pass rush, the way that they played the run, but I feel like you also saw it in the second level of the defense as well, the third level of the defense, the way that they were contesting and defending Oklahoma's wide receivers. It it was really tough. The wide receivers just weren't getting any clean breaks, not any clean separation. And I think that's what led to a lot of caleb williams sacks i mean there were times in the first half of the game where he did have time to stand in the pocket and scan the defense but oklahoma wide receivers just weren't getting open very well from what it appeared on the broadcast view obviously the all 22 tape might show a different story but it was evident that caleb williams didn't really feel comfortable with where he wanted to throw the football and some of the contested throws he made oklahoma receivers just weren't able to come up with the ball he had the two interceptions one of them was in a 50 50 ball that he, he just didn't put out there enough for his wide receiver and it got undercut by a Baylor defender. You know, there were several times, you know, on just simple 10 yard curl routes where, you know, the, the Oklahoma receiver just didn't get any kind of separation. And, you know, the Baylor bear defender was able to come in and make the play and, and separate Oklahoma from the ball. And I think that was just kind of a a microcosm of what was going on on that day, because, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners defense, and we'll talk about that, More in depth here coming up. They played a pretty good game, but Oklahoma's offense just couldn't get anything going consistently enough to mount much of an offensive effort. And you know, I was a I was not surprised that it was going to be a close game through the first half. You know, Baylor's played Oklahoma really, really tough over the last two games, especially in the regular season. You know, in both 2019 and uh, 2020 in the regular season matchup, they held the Sooners to 10 points in both of those first half games, you know, back in 2019 uh, Baylor jumped out to a big lead. It was 31 to 10 at halftime, I think. And Oklahoma mounted an incredible comeback and, um, you know, outscored the bears 24 to nothing in the second half. And then last year, again, you know, Baylor holds Oklahoma to 10 points, but they're leading 10 to nothing at the break. And it's not, As big of a deal, Oklahoma comes out and outscores, you know, scores 17 points in the second half and is able to control the game for the most part because Baylor's offense just last year wasn't very good. We talked about it on the show leading in. You know, Baylor had only averaged 90 yards per game rushing in 2020, heading into the Oklahoma Sooners game. This year, they were averaging 230 rushing yards per game heading into this matchup. And for Oklahoma, they needed to have a, a good game offensively. And control the football offensively for that, just to be able to help their defense and, and not make their defense have to sit on the field as much um, as we've seen them have to in, in, in previous games, you know, where against the Kansas game or, or in the Kansas State game, where, you know, they were playing ball control offense and keeping the Oklahoma Seniors' defense on the field, just constantly wearing them down, wearing them down. The difference in those games is that. I mean, obviously in the Kansas game, they didn't score in the first half, but they came back in the in the second half and were able to put drives together and score points. In the Kansas State game, they scored every single drive uh, except for the, the final one where they kneeled down. Well, in this one, they were having a lot more difficult time scoring points, and obviously that's because Baylor Bears' defense is really good. And they, they're they a much better defense. But a lot of it was just Oklahoma's offense was just out of sync, and they couldn't figure out what to do against the Baylor Bears. And some of that might just be the fact that Dave Aranda and the Bears defensive staff just has a really good feel for what Lincoln Riley wants to do offensively, which is a bit of a problem, and they know what to expect. And at this point, it's hard to it's hard to kind of discount that idea because they've increasingly played Oklahoma better each of the last couple of years. And now it culminated in a Baylor Bears win where they come up with a big upset 27 to 14. And, you know, you look at what Oklahoma was able to do, you know, they were only two of nine on third down. You're not going to win many football games if you can't convert on third down. Now, if you just avoid third down altogether, then that's even better. But if you're going to have nine third down opportunities and only convert two of them, that's not going to, that's not going to win you football games. You're not going to be able to be there at the end of the game and and have a chance to win because you got to stay on the field. And that's a big reason why the Baylor Bears were able to run for so many yards and the defense kind of led up in the fourth quarter and the, the dam kind of broke in the fourth quarter is because they were wore out. Baylor just had the, had the ball longer. You know, Caleb Williams had his worst performance of the game of the season, just did not look comfortable. You know, just as we're starting to try and like get him, you know, hyped up for Heisman contender, he lays an egg, man. He just did not have a good game. Only completed 10 and 19 for 144 yards had the two interceptions, you know, on that second one, I think the, you know, the Baylor defender made just a great play along the sideline and, you know, to pick off Caleb Williams, who looked to be maybe throwing it out of bounds. It's hard to know exactly, but just not a good game. Just didn't look comfortable. His legs really didn't look under, underneath him when he was running the football, he just kind of looked wobbly Um, didn't look like he just, really physically had it in them and maybe there's something about these 11 a.m road games that just have the Sooners just messed up because we saw it in the Kansas game it took them a half to get going now in this one Baylor's physicality just never let the Sooners get comfortable and that's something that they're gonna have to look at and and correct is like how do we as an offense combat a physical defense because they're gonna play a couple more coming up and then when they get ready to transition into the SEC, they're going to have to figure out a, a level of physicality that allows them to compete and contend in the SEC too because this team did not look good enough to contend for the Big 12. Obviously, they didn't look good enough to compete for a college football playoff national championship, and when they move to the SEC, it's, it's going to look rough. And I'm going to allow for them to have a down game. The problem is having a down game, especially on the offensive side of the football, this late in the season doesn't give you a lot of, of room to work with. If you're hoping to make it into the college football playoff, the college football playoff committee already doesn't like you. They ranked you eighth in each of the first two initial rankings, basically saying you haven't done enough. You haven't proven anything to us. And so this is where you're going to sit until you prove us, prove something to us. Well, Oklahoma fell flat on their face with an opportunity to, proved to the college football playoff community that they belong in the top four, they, they stunk it up and didn't really play a good, they didn't play a good game at all. It was one of their worst games of the season. It was the first time in the Lincoln Riley era that they had been beaten by a big 12 team by more than a touchdown or a field goal. And I think that's where some of Lincoln Riley's frustration has been. I mean, they've always either beaten, they've won every big 12 game or the games that they've lost they lost within a score. It was a really close game. You know, whether it was a Texas game or K-State, Iowa State last year, you know, they, they've they been in those games. But this was a totally different story for the Oklahoma Sooners. And, you know, you hope that they can bounce back against Iowa State, but that's going to be a tough matchup as well because this Iowa State team will be coming off of a disappointing loss themselves to Texas Tech. And they have a, they have a good defense and they have a great running game with Brees Hall. And if the Oklahoma Sooners aren't able to figure out a way to, play better offensively. And like we talked about last week, you know, Texas tech had a good game against Iowa state's offense or defense. West Virginia did a few weeks ago as well. Oklahoma should be able to do something against Iowa state offensively, but I thought they were going to be able to do something against Baylor offensively, too, and they just completely laid an egg. So hard to know exactly what's, what we're going to get out of Oklahoma against Iowa State. But we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. But let's talk about what happened on the defensive side of the ball, because I felt like they had a pretty good game. We'll talk about that coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Have you heard about prize picks? I love this, and I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players that you might not have ever even heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And if you use our promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Just make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on caleb williams passing yards you can take the under on you know interceptions thrown you can do it on the app store or google play store you can go to their website prizepix.com remember use our promo code locked on to get your 100 deposit match over at prizepix.com that's prizepix daily fantasy made easy all right let's talk about the defense here it was a really good game from the defense i mean they were giving up a lot of yardage in the first half to Baylor and Baylor was you know, driving the football fairly well, uh, especially on the ground, you know, they were having a decent game, uh, but Oklahoma was still able to hold up. You know, it, they, they held up the bears in the red zone. You know, the, the bears had a fourth and two and Gary Bohannon misses a guy that could have led to a touchdown, but Oklahoma, you know, despite giving up the yards, despite kind of giving up some first downs, they were staying there you know, they were playing this bend don't break defense for much of the, you know, of the game and through three quarters, they'd only allowed 10 points while their offense wasn't really doing much of anything. Now the well kind of broke open in the fourth quarter and Baylor had, you know, added 17 points to the board and and just kind of ran away with the thing. But, um, it was a, it was a good performance. I feel like from the, from the defense and, you know, that's an encouraging sign. Ex, you know, f- that they can play this well and they can at least like slow a team down, even if they're marching down the field, you know, they can, they can end up, you know, making a stop when they need to make a stop. Um, because again, you know, they're, they're going to play an Iowa state team coming up that does run the ball really, really well. So does Oklahoma state, both play some physical brands of football and the Oklahoma defense was pretty well ready for it. They played it. They, like I said, they played a solid game, but ultimately they just got wore out. I think is what happened. You know, they did allow 296 yards rushing to to, bear, to Baylor, which isn't good. And at the same time, you're watching this this game play. You know, they're they're getting turnovers. They're you know getting after Gary Bohannon, making it, you know forcing them into mistakes. You know, they're they're forcing some some drops. They're forcing some incomplete passes. Um, you, you don't necessarily hate what the defense is doing. And, but then at the end of the game, you're like, well, it's kind of a, a letdown of a, of a performance. You, you would have liked to see them play a little bit better, uh, throughout. You know, I feel like overall it was solid. You know, you have a guy like Brian Asamoa who I felt like played a really, really good game. He had five stops according to pro football, football, focus, uh, seven solo tackles, four assisted tackles. It just kind of all over the field, flying around, forced to fumble, uh, you know, uh, DTY had a really solid game coming up, coming up with an interception on a Gary and just kind of of a misthrow that looked like it was going to be going out of bounds. And then DTY just kind of slides in and takes it. I thought it was, I thought it was a good game. Um, at the same time when Baylor scores 27 on you and you lose, you're like, well, it was kind of an okay game. Um, you know, through three quarters, they were playing great football. You know, they were making enough plays, making enough stops to get Baylor off the field you know Baylor missed some field goals like Oklahoma missed some field goals at the same time like they were long field goals which if you're putting your kicker out there to kick a long field goal that's pretty much a win for the defense because those are going to go in not very consistently unless you have a Gabe Burkich who had an off game but you know you, you look at the stats for Oklahoma and i mean you know Baylor didn't really have to do much through the through the air Gary Bohannon only threw for 117 yards or they had only 117 passing yards on the day. He was 12 of 21. He just averaged 5.6 yards per attempt. But that was, that was, that's the game plan for Baylor. Don't expect much out of Gary Bohannon, run the football, dominate time of possession, control the ball, play good defense and limit how much you have to expose Gary Bohannon in the passing game. Because in the first half you saw it, like every time that they needed him to make a throw, he missed. You know, there was a, a play down the field where I think it was Tyquan Thornton was running behind key Lawrence and he was open. And if Gary Bohannon hits that, that's a walk-in touchdown, but he overthrows the guy. And then on that fourth and two, that was early in the game, you know, he tries to throw the the out route on the slat flat combo and he throws it high and inside right where the Oklahoma defender is who's able to make the play and break it up. But if he throws that to the outside shoulder or to the pylon, that's a touchdown, it, you know, cause the wide receiver has outside leverage it should have been an easy pitch and catch on that same play. He's got a a receiver running the slant on that slat flat combo who is uncovered, completely uncovered. If he hold, if he hesitates like a half a second and lets that develop a little bit, that's an easy just toss for a touchdown. Um, And so you're thankful that you played a quarterback like Gary Bohannon, who's so inconsistent at the same time, Baylor didn't need him to do much, but in the second half the third quarter the fourth quarter that's when he really started to to make some throws he got he finally got comfortable enough to make some throws um you know there was the the big touchdown uh, to taekwon thornton that uh and then he you know he he was really really good in the running game as well um and so i guess it wasn't a big touchdown the big play to taekwon thornton that you know set them up for a touchdown late in the game I thought we were going to get Woody Washington back. Uh, it was evident that key Lawrence was a little bit kind of unprepared or he just was uncomfortable um, for what his responsibilities or what his technique was like supposed to be in the passing game, because he just got beat on some simple things where he overcommitted to the the run fake. Um, you know, obviously Tyquan Thornton's a really good receiver. One of the better ones in the big 12 and, and, Key Lawrence just wasn't, didn't really seem up to the task on this day. And that's not to say that he can't be a good corner. I just think that it was one of those situations where his inexperience kind of got the better of him. And I think he's still going to be good. And I think he he still has an opportunity to be a good player for the Oklahoma Sooners, either at cornerback or at safety. He just needs to like kind of trust the situation a little bit more and, and not um, overreact sometimes to what the wide receiver is doing. He has to, to understand maybe what the coverage is and not get like over be over aggressive on some of the double moves because on the times where he did get beat behind him, he didn't have safety help. He's got to, he's got to understand that and give a little bit more cushion and let, and not let the guy get behind him. Um, and so I, I still expect a good game, you know, a good performance from key Lawrence moving forward. Um, you know, they're not necessarily going to play a receiver as good as Tyquan Thornton the rest of the way. Um, you know, Iowa state's got a good one. The name is blanking on me right now. Uh, and they've got a good tight end and Charlie the Kohler, but yeah. So I, I, I hope we get Woody Washington back. I think that helps moving forward. Um, because you're not overexposing key Lawrence as much, you know, I felt like the defensive line, you know, they, they had some moments where they were getting good penetration, but the over pursuit was killing them because, you know, the, the Baylor running backs, whether it was Tristan Edner or Abram Smith, they were able to cut backside and, and, um, and pick up big yardage on the cutback after Oklahoma was over pursuing. There were several times they were in the backfield and, and making first contact in the backfield to, you know, two, three yards behind the line of scrimmage, but the backside defenders were over pursuing, leaving just big holes uh, for the Baylor running backs, whether, and, and Gary Bohannon as well, like he was able to, to skirt out on the backside and get some, pick up some big yardage. So uh, I think that's something that, you know, it, it potentially is one of the downfalls of the speed D is that overaggressiveness can, can really get you. Uh, so, you know, I, it was a good game for the Bay, for the Oklahoma Sooners defense. It wasn't a great game. They held the team in it long enough for Oklahoma's offense to try and figure something out. Oklahoma's offense never could figure anything out. And by the time that, you know, the bears really started putting it on them in the fourth quarter, you know, it was, it was too much for the defense. You know, they, they just, they couldn't hold up, you know, and, and that's no fault to theirs. I think they, they played their best game. You know, Baylor had a 10 or 11 minute time of percent time of possession edge over the Sooners. And that's going to, that's going to play, play a factor in a game like this. And, you know, every possession counts, every snap counts. And the longer your defense is on the field, the harder it's going to be for them to get off the field late in the game. And Baylor, you know, Baylor took advantage of a tired Oklahoma defense in the fourth quarter. And I feel like that's really what, what separated things uh, down the stretch, but coming up next, let's just, let's talk about uh, where Oklahoma goes from here. You know, what are their chances to, to make it to the big 12 championship college football playoff? You know, that they're slim, they're slim. And the way things feel right now, you know, the Big 12 Championship game even feels like it's a long shot. But let's talk about that coming up next. After I talk to you about Built Bar, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Easy to eat, 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes great and it's great for you. They got so many different flavors. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but they got mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel as well. If you love cherry, cherry Barcia is fantastic. It's low calorie, low carb, low sugar, and it's high in protein. So all of the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and you can get it for 15% off over at built.com by using our promo code locked 15. Again, that's 15% off using our promo code locked 15 over at built.com. All right. So let's talk real quick about where Oklahoma goes from here. You know, they got Iowa state next. And again, I think this is going to be a tough matchup. Iowa state, much like Baylor, you know, coming into this week, you know, Baylor was coming off a very disappointing loss to TCU. Um, and came into this game against the Sooners and was just motivated, fired up, ready to play. They were physical. And I think Iowa State is going to bring some of the same challenges this next week after their loss to Texas Tech on on that last second field goal. It's one of those Oklahoma better be ready for Iowa State's best performance of the season because Oklahoma's going to get it. And they got Brees Hall coming up. That's going to be a tough matchup. You know, Brock Purdy, who's not a, a great quarterback, but he's kind of like a Gary Bohannon type where he can make some throws and he can beat you but iowa state's not going to put the ball in his hands and throw have him throw it 40 50 times so you want to get up on iowa state and make the brock purdy make him throw the ball a lot to try and beat you because that's where your defense is at its best is when you can pin your ears back as a pass rush and go after it can they make the big 12 championship i mean obviously if they win out they'll be in um if they split these next two games or you know if they lose Iowa state beat Oklahoma state. And it's going to create some interesting situations in the tiebreaker. You know, really they got to take care of business. Uh, the college football playoff appears to be a long shot at this point in time, 538.com uh, gives them a 17% chance to make the college football playoff. Hey, so you're telling me there's a chance, Um uh, not, I mean, it's slim, but it, there's a chance. I mean, a lot of good, a lot of things, a lot, a lot, a lot of things would have to go right for the Oklahoma Sooners to find themselves in the college football playoff. But uh, you know, that that's that's way down the road. They've got a lot of football that they have to play, and a lot of football they have to win in order to even put themselves in the conversation or in the discussion about it and that starts with Iowa State this week you know they've got to take care of business against Iowa State who I think again I've said it several times I think it's going to be a tough tough game I think you know they're going to get Oklahoma State's best who is looking like easily the best team in the Big 12 right now and yeah I, I don't know I don't know where this Oklahoma Sooners team you know finishes the season I, you know they've got these two tough matchups to end the regular season. And if they can get into the Big 12 Championship, they'll have a tough game there as well, probably against Oklahoma State. If things play out the way Oklahoma hopes it will, it'll be a rematch of Bedlam um, in the Big 12 Championship. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can subscribe and like the show here on YouTube, so make sure you do that. Uh, You can download the podcast for free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And until tomorrow, where I'll go over some of my Big 12 Power Rankings heading into Week 12. And uh, we'll talk more about this performance against the Baylor Bears as well because there's still a lot more to unpack. But uh, we'll do it here tomorrow on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And until then, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.